2: Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to See Georgia Southern. The play is known simply as the run. Peterson took a handoff up the middle, broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, spins away from the next defender he meets, and he shakes off a diving tackler. 30 yards down the field, he meets another defender and literally throws him out of the way with his right arm. Grabs him by the shoulder pad and swipes him off onto the sideline. It was really so surreal because the place is going completely berserk during the run until he throws off that defender. He throws off that defender. The whole place went silent stone silent like an intake of breath <sighs> it was just so amazing nobody had ever seen it before and then of course the place exploded again after they all caught their breath
1: put yourself
2: in the action with ticket city visit savannahnow.com/sports and click on tickets oh, yeah. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right
1: now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Iligwe
2: will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern.
0: All right, Georgia Southern fans, welcome to another episode of Georgia Southern Extra. I am Travis Jadon, the beat writer for Georgia Southern at the Savannah Morning News. Joined, as always, by Greg Talbot, the Eagles are coming off of a 48-31 win at New Mexico State, and after back-to-back road games, they'll come home for a Thursday night showdown with number 25, Appalachian State, which is a huge game, and if you're listening to this, I'm sure you already know that, but just a gigantic game coming up in Paulson Stadium. Greg, are you ready for this one? I'm super
1: ready. We're going to be going live on WSAV from the pregame and the tailgate, and there is no way that this does not end up being the best game uh, that we've seen in Paulson Stadium probably in a couple of years, right?
0: Yeah, at least a couple of years. I mean, you could argue that it's the biggest game that they've had since 2014, since moving up to the FBS. Um, A lot of people would argue that the Florida game was the biggest game, but the thing is that game wasn't even that big going into it. It was just the last game of the year, and they happened to win. So that's probably the biggest win. Georgia Saints had but it wasn't the biggest game.
1: I would say the anticipation for this one is certainly the the most out there I have seen since I've been in Savannah for WSAV. The social media hate is is beautiful. It's real. I mean all the memes on Twitter are just making me laugh so hard. So keep keep posting all the incest jokes guys.
0: It's going really well. <laughs> a lot of retweets, a lot of likes. And still funny I think after all this time. So uh, before we jump into Appalachian State and preview that game on Thursday, let's run over the New Mexico State win, which started not great, but finished excellent for Georgia Southern. Yeah,
1: And you can cover the first half because I was actually I didn't get a chance to watch the first half live. I was in Clemson watching them destroy NC State. Uh, so, so you can cover most of this game.
0: And speaking of cover, some of us who picked NC State that Saturday and Clemson did not go well. Woof. <laughs> did not go well. So uh, needless to say, I was focused on the Georgia Southern game. Georgia Southern now 6-1, and 3-0 and in the Sun Belt. New Mexico State moves to 2-6 and overall as an FBS independent. Um, and, Greg, this game started, like I said, not well for Georgia Southern, which, frankly, has been the case in a lot of games for Georgia Southern this year. The first couple of drives on both sides of the ball did not go as planned. For Georgia Southern but they did come back from a 14-3 deficit and end up winning going away really 48 to 31 and for the most part 48-24 was set to be the final until Jason Huntley ran a touchdown with like I think six minutes left
1: now I, I know that New Mexico State it does not have a good defense what they are they're they're a spread offense that that runs fast and they just have no defense that said with that caveat, I assume you think the same thing. I was really impressed with the offense's ability to show that even in this offense, which is so running oriented, aimed towards running the clock, they have explosiveness in them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they showed that against New Mexico State, like you said, New Mexico State's defense, least, it's tra- it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah leaves a lot to be desired, or is trash, as Greg puts it. Um, The Georgia Southern offense put up 466 total offensive yards, 27 first downs, which is a lot for this team. 23 of those 27 came by way of rushing. I was honestly pleasantly surprised by, by Logan Wright and really a lot of people's ability to step up in the absence of certain people that were out with injuries, namely Westfield's Rashad Bird and Sean Freeman. So,
1: like I said, I, I didn't actually get to see most of this game, which is why you're carrying most of this conversation solo at Colin Coward. How did Matt LaRoche <laughs> look? Because I know that Wright looked good. How did LaRoche look? Because people were excited to see him.
0: Well, Speedy LaRoche looked good, but again, it's just kind of a lack of carries. I mean, he had three carries for 13 yards. Only so. three carries? Yeah, so not a lot. But here's the thing that was surprising to me, Greg. Wes Kennedy had 16 carries. 16 carries, and I would say probably 13 of those were legitimate behind Shyworth's carries handoffs not you know not trickery not reverse plays just straight handoffs like we saw him do at BC honestly for a lot of the time um in high school in Savannah so but Logan Wright was sensational with 17 carries 136 yards and two scores West Kennedy ad- added another 99 yards and two scores on 16 carries and then Mateo Garrett also with uh, 17 carries for 78 yards. So he's kind of a three-headed monster. You for know Jordan's why side. I am
1: pleasantly surprised to hear about what you're saying right now is that, uh, is that Logan Wright performed really well because he was given the, the number three running back spot on the depth chart, I believe it was after that week one game against mm-hmm. South Carolina State. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, I know he's the big boy. I know that he's going to be the physical back, and they're calling him their, their, their power back of the future. But I thought actually in that first game that LaRoche looked – better. And when we have seen flashes of LaRoche through the rest of the season, I thought he looks more explosive. I can see why some people think he, think he looks like a young, true freshman Matt Breda. We've seen flashes from LaRoche. I hadn't really seen any flashes out of out of Wright the last couple weeks, so to hear that he did that well, that that makes me happy.
0: Here's the thing for me with LaRoche is that even if he's more explosive than Wright and a lot of the other running backs, his skill set doesn't really differentiate that much with Westfields and West Kennedy. I don't think Logan Wright offers a big bodied back that really has the ability to carry it up the middle as many times as you'd like him to. So I think that's maybe that's the reason why Wright was. Kind of chosen over LaRoche in this game, which Westfield's miss. And you asked Coach Lunsford yesterday about Westfield's this week, and he gave us the specific designation of day to day. So we're we, all we're all day to day. Yeah, we're, so we know all day to day. <laughs> and I saw that he gave you a kind of a sly smile after after answering that question. Tonight. Well, it's because
1: I said back to him, "We're all day to day." That's yeah. the old Keith <laughs> Olbermann line, and he was like, yeah. "Damn it, Talbot, I'm a smartass."
0: Isn't everyone day to day? that's so the jo- that, yeah that's the joke <laughs> woof Greg as you like to say woof Uh um, anyway yeah so finishing up the New Mexico State game Greg what impressed me was that although Georgia Southern got down 14 to three early on was their ability to kind of stay with the game plan there was a moment uh, I believe late in the first quarter when they're down 14 to three when they're facing a fourth and one from I think like their own 35 and Lunsford you could tell he wanted to go for it. I think someone probably got in his ear to tell him, Coach, no, it's, you know, it's too early. But this, you know, it was nice to see them punt that ball down, eleven points, and then get a stop, and then kind of just start rolling when they scored their first touchdown, Greg they would go on to score five more touchdowns in a row after that. So six straight drives of touchdowns, seven straight scoring drives will kind of do the trick every game, really. uh, I'd like to see that this week. I was going to say, (laughs) can they do it twice in a row? Yeah, so let's jump right into App State, and we do want to tell you guys that at the end of this episode, we'll have Ethan Joyce, the Appalachian State B-rider from the Winston-Salem Journal. So he'll give us a lot of insights into the Mountaineers and kind of what they'll have to offer. Um, personnel-wise and scheme-wise. But let's jump right in. 5-1 and one, App State, 3-0 and o in the Sunbelt, tied atop the Sunbelt East with Georgia Southern. They are ranked number 25 in this week's AP poll, which is significant, Greg. That is significant. They'll be the first FBS-ranked team to ever appear in Paulson Stadium, including Georgia Southern. So it's it's a huge game, obviously, in the conference. But, but for me, Greg, this game, as a rivalry game, we know that kind of... It's always going to have something to offer. But this game this week, even if this wasn't a rivalry game, even if you had never played App State before, this game has plenty to offer, and plenty is on the line this week in Paulson Stadium.
1: And sticking at national TV primetime only adds a third layer to what I think makes this the, the game of the year and the Sun Belt. Pro- God, so I've been here two and a half years, going on three in Savannah. And since I've been here... I have heard about the App State rivalry. I have seen on social media how much Georgia Southern fans hate App State. It hasn't been a particularly competitive game since I've been here. And I just get the vibe that this is going to be a touchdown game or less until the very end on Thursday. And I'm looking forward to hearing Paulson go absolutely nuts on Thursday with noise and with intensity and with spirit and with hate because if you just f- kind of feel around campus and feel on social media and talk to Georgia Southern graduates who work in all of our buildings here around Savannah, there is a real sense that this is the biggest game in years.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think anyone who doesn't think that this is the biggest game since 2014 is probably misguided a little bit. This is a game that's going to, match strength versus strength, Greg, App State is near the top or at the top of the Sun Belt in nearly every statistical category. Most
1: of them that matter.
0: Yeah, I mean, just about everything, including, I mean, Georgia Southern obviously leads the league in rushing offense. They're fifth in the country at 275 a game. Well, at eighth in the country and second in the Sun Belt is App State at 265 rushing yards per game.
1: Although that's something that we're going to see fade now then we'll get into this they lost their running back last year with an acl right for the year
0: right yeah so they lost him i think it was that tuesday night game against arkansas state maybe. about a week ago they lost yeah. their running back for the year yeah so jalen Moore. that's gonna fade that stat it will but here's the thing last week i think the guy their running back rushed for 180 something yards so they, i mean listen this app state team lost a lot from last year and they haven't slowed down this year so they're gonna be super good Really, no matter who they plug in, they lost four four-year starters on defense, and their uh, scoring defense is number one in the league, averaging only 15.7 points given up per game. So this is a game that's going to match strength for strength. The significance of this game cannot be understated because what Georgia Southern hasn't done in the last few years is beat a rival, any of their rivals, and especially App State. last three years, they've lost three games to App State, all three by a significant margin. And it's 92-29. to 29 combined score over the last three years so that's really a wide margin and you guys don't need us to tell you that and do the math for you dare I say woof yeah I was waiting for the woof, Greg I thought you missed your opportunity Woof. (laughs) there it is so 16 and 11 App State is over Georgia Southern in the series since 1982 this obviously is there's no love lost between these two teams but for me Greg this is going to be a test I think after this game we'll have learned more about Georgia Southern in any four-quarter game than we have learned all year. I mean, this is really, we're going to find out how good the run defense is for Georgia Southern, which is right now ranked third in the conference. We're going to find out how good the rushing offense is for Georgia Southern. And we're going to find out how good this secondary is. Now, most people would say that the App State secondary is the best in the conference. I would would tend to argue that, but we're going to find out this weekend how good this Georgia Southern secondary is and how good they can run the ball against a front seven that's been dynamite so far for App State.
1: Well, when you're talking about the Georgia Southern defense, you have the biggest weapon, and it's not one of the players. It's the guy that's on the sidelines. Scott Sloan, Mm -hmm. the first-year defensive coordinator. Chad got him to come back down from App State, where he was the co-defensive coordinator and also had another title, and he had turned them into a 3-4 powerhouse defense. Sloan brought his defense down from App State. He has turned Southern's defensive line into one of the most feared In the Sunbelt Conference, he knows tendencies. He doesn't really know their quarterback because Lamb was gone, and Lamb had been the quarterback for four years previous to this Mm -hmm. at App State. But he knows most of the personnel. He knows most of the coaching staff. And I would say this game might not be as close as we think if Scott Sloan is not the defensive coordinator. But knowing all the ties to App State, Chad Lunsford's coaching staff has, I think we're in for like a three-point game.
0: Yeah, and App State has plenty plenty to offer offensively for Scott Sloan to deal with. Greg, th- what they're going to do is they're going to try to run the ball, obviously, and they're going to try to have success running out of their zone stretch read game. Uh, that's what they're running more often than not is outside the tackle. So it'll put definitely a lot of pressure on the outside linebackers of uh, Jay Browdry and Whoever slots in on the other side. I was
1: going to say, and God help Southern if their linebackers aren't all back to full strength this week.
0: Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's interesting. I still don't know about Rashad Vert. I would assume that Chris Harris, Tamarcio Reese, and Jay Bowdry will make up three of those four. Oh, un- 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 unless your leg is broken
1: and has shards coming out of it, you're playing Should this be week. In you're, this game. you're playing this week. Right. Yeah. Unless your leg is
0: broken. And, you know, another thing that's going to be key, I think, defensively for Georgia Southern in stopping this App State offense which which is rolling. I mean, the App State offense is fifth in the country in scoring, averaging almost 49 points per game. Another key thing is going to be the secondary's ability to step up and make tackles, I think, because when you get these guys in open space, the App State offense thrives, and it's going to be a lot of one-on-one. It's, there's going to be a lot of key tackles in space that are going to need to be made, and so far this year, corners Monquavie and Brinson, and Kendall Vildor, and really safety Josh Moon as well, have answered that call. They're going to need to answer that call again this Thursday night. No, I can't
1: really make up my mind about Southern's defense versus the RPO for because sure. Clemson absolutely torched them. Lawrence, what they kept, I mean, how many times do they run that RPO and get burned right over the middle like for 100. 25 yards all the time, right? But then they 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 didn't lock down Justice Hansen against Arkansas State because they picked up like 350 yards of offense, but... They looked like they could handle the RPO, and actually I thought the way that Hanson got most of his yards through the air was actually sitting back dropping back in the pocket and connecting for passes. It seemed like the RPO against Arkansas State was not something that Southern got burned over. So what it comes down to is this. I can't believe Vegas had the the gall to open this at, what, a 13.5-point spread, 13 points. It's all the way back down to eight because... I don't know anyone in their right mind who wouldn't have taken that plus 13 for Georgia Southern. I mean, this to me smells like 28-24, 31-28, 21-17. I think this is going to be a really tough fourth down, don't convert game. Teams taking over the three-yard line, trying to go for it in close situations. I think this is going to be a bloodbath.
0: I yeah I agree with you Greg and having talked to some App State people and I was on an App State podcast yesterday they don't see it that way obviously I mean they
1: think they think they'll cover thirteen
0: they think they would cover thirteen I think that they don't think this is going to be a very close game from what I've heard and, and seen and read
1: I mean it's not in an insulting way to the fine folks you talk to have they watched some of these Georgia Southern games? Did they watch Ark State is the question.
0: No, they haven't seen a lot of Georgia Southern games. And I don't think they care to. For them, this is their granddaddy's Georgia Southern football team. And they think, you know, they're still thinking triple option. They're still thinking under center. And, you know, I tried to relay the message to them just to kind of do the Lord's work and let them know that that's not the case. But, you know... This seems like a bigger game for Georgia Southern than it does for App State, right? It, it is. It has to be. And and when you get outscored 92-29 to 29 over the last three, it shouldn't be a big game for App. Like, you know, they shouldn't take Georgia Southern seriously. They've beat the hell out of them the last three or so. I completely understand that. But that's why I'm saying this game we're going to learn way more about Georgia Southern than we are about App State. And for Georgia Southern, I would just own that and, and take that. And you talked to Lunsford yesterday.
1: Yeah, I was at the press conference and someone, I forget who it was, straight up asked him about that. They said, when we asked Shai Wertz too, and yeah. we said, hey, guys, don't give us the standard answer. Please don't tell us that it's just another game, one game at a time, one play at a time. Like, shut up.
0: One day yeah. at a time. Yeah, End no.
1: And Shy we got him to laugh. In smile and say, like, obviously, no, it's not just another game. Yeah. Chad said that on Monday at practice or Sunday, he looked at the kids and said, hey, middle of the field, hey, who here's ever beat out of state? He said, like, a small, small group of hands went up. Including like, staff. Including staff. It has really not been very many. This, for Georgia Southern, would be the Georgia Southern is back folks party. Mm -hmm. and it would announce to the rest of college football that the Sun Belt has a new champion. Because here's the thing. If Georgia Southern beats App State, barring some kind of weird miracle because Troy lost their quarterback, they're going to beat Troy. And I think Southern would beat Arkansas State again. I really do. So do I. I I don't think people want to jinx it by saying this aloud, but I didn't go to Southern, so I'm going to jinx it. This This is not the Sun Belt East Division Championship. This is the Sun Belt Championship game. I mean... Whoever wins this game, I bet will beat Ark State the second time they play them, or, or, or Lafayette, or whoever is going to win that god awful compared to the East-Western <laughs> Division. I, I think this is really the Sun Conference Championship game on national TV, and ESPN got really lucky. This game is is turning out the way it did.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's another thing we could talk about is that this could have gone a different direction. I mean putting Georgia Southern and App State on national TV.
1: No, t- to be fair, they do this every year.
0: Right. This, I think this is the fourth or fifth straight time that
1: something they've like, on a Thursday, played on a yeah, Thursday night. Like
0: and so that's another thing we can talk about, Greg. And let's let's jump into that real quick. Two weeks ago when they played um, at Texas State on a short week, after the game which in which the offense struggled mightily, after the game we were told that it was a limited playbook because of the short week and because they didn't want to install too much and do too much kind of game planning for the specific team that they were going to play, like install different plays specifically for Texas state. I really, really, really hope that's not the case. This week and I'm sure it's not. I'm sure we're not going to see any sort of limitations on the offense. But if we do, then then Georgia Southern be in for a really long evening. I think well, you and don't think that and right?
1: here's the thing coaches and players will never admit to this. Um, not prior. But to the no, date, but yeah. th- the reason that I actually thought New Mexico State smelled like a trap game and then I kind of thought they would maybe not win that game is because nobody could pretend in their right mind that App State was not in the back of their mind even leading up to the New Mexico State game. There is no player, there is no coach who wasn't thinking about New Mexico State but wasn't thinking about App State even leading up to the New Mexico State game. I think this has been in their minds. I think Lunsford and Sloan and DuBass have probably been implementing plays throughout the year that they're going to pull out for the first time in this game. And I don't think that's something we have to worry about for this game. This is not a game you might accidentally get caught off guard by like Texas State. This is a game that they've been ready for all year.
0: All right, Greg, and let's, we'll, we'll start wrapping up before the Ethan Joyce interview here, but a couple of things I wanted to touch on from the game notes that Georgia Southern provides this, this, I thought was... Who's calling the game? Really interesting. So the play-by-play is Doug Sherman. The analyst is former Georgia Tech great Roddy Jones.
1: Doug Sherman's good. You guys are going to like him. Yeah, I He's think Doug a, Sherman's really good. I like him. D- just a little broadcasting nerd side note here. Uh, there are some Brace fo- there's so, Well, that's me, Mr. Broadcasting <laughs> Nerd. I, I eat this stuff. There are so many announcers who are just all about big voice, big energy, yeah. big, big venue, uh for a Thursday night game in an now this is going to be a sold out hopefully Paulson Stadium but you saw God, I, so. I mean how many people were in that Texas State game 2 weeks ago like 2000 people yeah, there's no, no one I there so you need a conversational announcer to turn that game into a talk show because there's no atmosphere mm-hmm. uh Sherman is of the conversational variety I think he's very good and although he's not like the biggest most deep booming voice I think you folks are going to enjoy him
0: hopefully most of you listening will be at the game but you'll be able to catch Doug Sherman on the replay but uh yeah like we said hopefully that this game is sold out. If they can't get if it, they don't sell this game out what's going what's it going to take
1: seriously? I, you know, I, I think they will. I think they will. For so for the I. record, my my bet is they're going to get 25 in. I do think so. So do I. I, I mean, so.
0: but honestly, I would be satisfied with 22, 23 plus. That that's all you can really ask for and they they haven't really come that close to touching that in earnest. Yeah, I mean, if you count the pre-sold tickets, then that's a different story. If but. they
1: don't actually get 23, 24 in the seats, I think there's going to be like a long, hard meeting inside the Georgia Southern Athletic Department the next week, and they're going to say, what can we do? And there
0: should be. Yeah. So, um, But listen, I wanted to touch on this real quick. This is a, kind of a cool little tidbit from this game. Chad Lunsford spent two seasons on the staff at App State as a tight ends coach, and that's that was 2001 and 2002. It was during those two years that he married his wife, Tippy, and the couple lived in the basement of App State head coach Scott Satterfield's house. So they lived with current head co- App State head coach Scott Satterfield for a year, it looks like, from the Georgia Southern game notes. That's another thing that's kind of wild about this rivalry is the, the shared coaching staffs, basically, because Lunsford has coached at App State. Scott Sloan obviously came from App State. Plenty of guys that are playing in this game were recruited by both schools, including um, App State quarterback, so plenty of do you of, think Satterfield's gonna end up at Chapel Hill next year? Um, I mean, he's if he wants to go to a power five school, he can. I feel like, I mean, after this year, yeah,
1: you would have to believe that he would if he beats year? Georgia Southern. I think we're gonna see him at Chapel Hill or something.
0: I don't know. I mean, you think you think that regardless of the way the season turned oh, out, he's oh, already earned a power five job? I think so, I don't, think so don't too. You? Yeah? yeah, I think the, so the, too. I mean,
1: like, it, barring a collapse. I mean, App State isn't exactly Boise State back in the mid 2000s, but. It's, you know...
0: But are they the best it, group of five team this year? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Right? I mean, I who else would you argue? I, you could, I guess you could argue... No one at a conference USA. I mean, Central Florida would be the only...
1: And that's the American, and they're trying to build themselves as a Power Five. They so, are not. They are not no, no, a Power Five. <laughs> no, they are not. So, yeah, <laughs> I, would, I, I would say App State is absolutely the best group of five team this year, and I think there are teams above, ranked above them that they could beat best of three
0: me too yeah i I believe that the the 25 ranking is certainly warranted so we'll wrap up before the ethan joyce interview um do want to remind you guys that you can find this podcast and other podcasts on the savannah morning news website that's at dot com slash podcast and then all of our sports coverage savannah com slash sports you can follow me on twitter at jadon sports j-a-u-d-o-n um and if you want to
1: hate on him for releasing the already released injuries.
0: Yes. Get at me. You can get me. off, get off his back folks. <laughs> He's doing his job. Thank you, Greg. You're not a cheerleader. It's your job. I know. I, I had one person tweet at me that I must not be a true fan. And I, it's almost like our job isn't <laughs> you know, to be said, fans. Yeah, it's crazy that I'm not a true fan. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So yeah, follow me on there for all plenty of shenanigans and updates on the Eagles throughout the week. Greg, you want to give your plug? <laughs> A true fan.
1: Um, yeah, just uh, we are t- just like the last couple of weeks and headed through the stretch of the regular season, we uh, are the WSAV sports team. Usually we broadcast our high school football game of the week on the CW. Uh, just like last week, we are taking over WSAV on Friday night at 7.30 for a live high school football broadcast. It's going to be great. Uh, It's a South Carolina side of the border, Wade Hampton against May River. It is the South Carolina AAA Region 7 championship game. It smells like a late fourth quarter decision, whatever side it's going to be on. May River had never won more than two games in a year, and now they're 8-0 and about to win the region probably and go undefeated. But Wade Hampton is the multiple-time region winner in a row, so... Uh, High School Football Friday night, WSAV 730 or streaming on WSAV.com. That game is going to be a monster. And, uh, you know, you have a free night between Thursday and Saturday. So watch some high school football on Friday on WSAV.
0: Yep, should be a good one for you guys, Greg. And do want to remind you guys, coming right up, we have the interview with Ethan Joyce from the Winston-Salem Journal. Plenty more information on App State. And what Georgia Southern should expect on Thursday night. Until next time, Georgia Southern fans, thank you for joining us on Georgia Southern Extra.
2: Adam Van Bremer here, editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com, and the host of two regular podcasts The Commute. And difference makers get your daily local news and opinion fix on the commute. Available each weekday afternoon, the commute offers insights into the day's hottest topics with commentary from those who know the subjects best. Our other regular production is the bi weekly Difference Makers podcast, which is dedicated to sharing stories and insights from Savannah's key players the men and women who lead our city in commerce, in arts and culture, in philanthropy, in government, and in education. Episodes post every other Friday and, like the commute, are on demand through Apple Podcasts, Spotify and at savannahnow.com. Make listening to The Commute and Difference Makers a part of your regular routine today.
3: All right, we're joined by Ethan Joyce today, uh, the Appalachian State beat writer for the Winston-Salem Journal. Heading into Appalachian State game this week, wanted to get the vantage point of the opposing team and the Mountaineers, and no one knows the Mountaineers like
4: Ethan does. Ethan, thanks for joining us today. Hey, no problem, man. I really appreciate it. It's a... It's definitely been a pretty crazy start to the week on this side. So Yeah,
3: I, I can say the same for the Georgia Southern side as well. Ethan, first, I wanted to kind of get your take on the feeling around the Appalachian State program heading into this week. Obviously, App State has you know, gotten off to one of their best starts ever. They're ranked for the first time ever. Kind of what's your take on how this team is feeling coming into the Georgia Southern game
4: and, and just how confident are they heading into this week? Well, the team is definitely giving that answer of, well, the rankings don't mean anything if we lose on Thursday, but this is a really big deal. I think the fan base is really excited. I know App State Athletics is excited. I'm actually going to try to talk to some of the players tonight about it just to get their perspective on it. They have an open practice from 7 to 9, so that's going to be a nice, brisk experience for me. But they're definitely really, really – excited around the football team but the football team's trying not to get too excited especially as this media circus kind of continues to grow for them I know coach Satterfield was kind of bouncing around radio shows this morning and if App State keeps moving forward like this it's only going to get worse so I think they're just trying to control it as much as possible right now But well, that's certainly a good problem to have and, and as you said
3: App State's practicing tonight I don't know when they usually practice I would assume they usually practice
4: in the morning is that right They usually practice kind of earlier afternoon. My normal media availability days are typically Tuesday and Wednesday, and those practices are 4 to 6. Tonight's 7 to 9, and uh, I think this is the only one I get this week just because everybody's schedule is kind of crammed up right now with the short week, but uh, it should be a nice cold night in Boone, I'm I'm guessing.
3: Well, yeah, so definitely – Plans changing a little bit for the short week. I know Georgia Southern is practicing tonight on on Monday night, and they usually where they would usually practice on Tuesday. They would start on Sunday and then get the day off on Monday. But obviously, with the short week, um, it's a little different. But let's let's jump into to App State and kind of what they'll have to offer on Thursday night. Uh, let's start on the offensive side of the ball for the Mountaineers. Um, I know Georgia Southern fans know. Um, Their running back, Jalen Moore, unfortunately suffered that season-ending injury. But it it didn't seem to derail App State last week. And the App State offense is fifth in the FBS with 44.8 points per game. What what does Georgia Southern fans and and people watching the game, what do they need to be looking out for when App State has the ball? Who are some players and, and kind of what will the offense look like? Well,
4: so that's the thing that's been so crazy about this season to start at least. They definitely have more options this year, but they have options that fit their offense better than last year, I think. Um, You know, obviously losing Jalen's a big deal because he just offers you that that running back that can kind of get you the yardage that you need to get on a short-down situation. But they plug in Darrington Evans, and Darrington Evans is a freakishly fast and shifty running back. He was the guy that ran the kickoff back against Penn State, and I don't know, man. Like I, I don't know if I've seen a guy that can shift his direction and speed so well, so quickly. And you'll you'll get to see a little bit of that on Thursday. Just he's a, he's just a guy that has this crazy ability to control his body and get kind of wherever he needs to. The wide receivers are really young, but they're full of talent. Two guys that started last year a little bit Malik Williams and Thomas Hennigan they're two guys that have really kind of made strides this year and being a little more consistent Thomas was a consistent guy last year but Malik was a guy that started early and kind of trailed off and now he's he's really kind of contributing a bit more but the two biggest names or the two I guess maybe the two more prominent names to know starting the season in regard to just New guys to the offense were both the Kansas State transfers, a sophomore Corey Sutton, and then a grad transfer in uh, in uh, Dominic Heath. And and those guys have just been fantastic for App. App likes to use Dominic in a in a situation where they you know kind of have a shovel pass set up for him, and they like to get him into that open space. And Corey is just a big wide receiver, deep threat and he just has a, a, a great ability to kind of create separation, especially in the air with a defensive back on him. And, Ethan, it's no
3: secret what Georgia Southern likes to do on offense and, and kind of how they'll look, really. But for App State, something that kind of stuck out to me was just how few plays they're running per game. And, and although they, you know their offense has been explosive and they've scored, I think, 31 touchdowns in six games, They've they've also ran the fewest amount of plays in the conference. I think it's right at 400. What what kind of pace will they have on offense? It certainly doesn't seem like they'll be trying to to run 100
4: plays or anything like that. Yeah, they've definitely um, really maintained a focus of kind of keeping the ball moving. Um, and one of the reasons you know you see that that few amount of plays that's kind of uh, it's kind of magnified a bit because of the UNC or the Charlotte game and the Gardner Webb game. Um, yeah, those right. were two teams that just really couldn't hang with App and so that kinda of let them, you know, score a lot easier and, and, and app's another another thing about App too is just they scored on a lot of big plays this year. I can't think of the number off my head, but they have quite a few plays Uh, 30 or more yards and you know a few of those have gone for touchdowns and so they're getting big gains, which is is really something they kind of struggled with last year at least in the passing game and Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of why you're seeing that number the way it is right now all right and then let's move
3: on over to the defensive side of the ball when Georgia Southern Has the ball on offense, like we said. You know, it's no secret what Georgia Southern wants to do. Leading the conference in rushing, and and really that's one of the only things that App State is not leading the conference in is the rushing offense. Um, So let's talk about the App State defense and kind of what they'll look like and what they'll have to offer. First, what kind of scheme will they be running? You know, nowadays it seems like no one's really running a 3-4 or 4-3. It's just multiple and
4: hybrid. What will App State look like defensively? Well, App State's going to look a lot like Georgia Southern does, you know, as you know, with Scott Sloan being over there and him being a guy that was at App State for quite a few years. Um, App State, you know, they like that three, four set, but I think the key for any defense is is, as few of guys as you can run at the pocket and still make pressure, the better. Mm -hmm. And App has really had a lot of success right now with just, you know, being able to, to, create all kinds of pressure against offensive lines with you know three guys four guys sometimes two guys if they just happen to catch the right move or two but they like to create that pressure they like to make the quarterback uncomfortable and like i said it's just it's going to be it's going to be like a uh, maybe a souped up version of kind of what georgia Southern's doing just because this is a, a group that has been running this defense for a few years now as opposed to a Georgia Southern team that's still in their first year under Scott Swellan as the defensive coordinator. And then Ethan,
3: the App State rush defense has been dynamite all season long, you know, as you know, they're giving up only 112 rushing yards per game while Georgia Southern is averaging almost 276 rushing yards per game. So something going to have to give there. Do you see the App State defense kind of Letting Georgia Southern have a little something on the ground, so as to not give up, you know, any big plays, um, maybe off the pitch, on the triple option, or do you think that they're going to really try
4: to hold Georgia Southern to as little yards as they can
3: uh, rushing?
4: Uh, I mean, I think the the big goal would be to just limit the amount of production that Georgia Southern can have overall. I think one of the things that that I'm kind of interested to see. Is that last year the App State defense really struggled with mobile quarterbacks, and I don't think they've struggled as badly this year. But you know, the offense with Georgia Southern obviously kind of sets up to let Shy work. You know, really capitalize on on some things when he sees them, and he's he's definitely going to be one of the bigger like one of the better athletes that App State's seen this season. You know, they you know they played Trace McSorley first game of the season at Penn State and McSorley is going to be a NFL quarterback and he definitely impacted the game but I don't know how many defenses could actually ruffle that guy that much um, but they've uh, they've definitely showed an ability to to contain a little more and I think that just kind of comes from the fact that they've got some guys on the defense now that maybe are a little longer a little quicker than some of the guys that would have played last year and, and, you know, just like the linebacker group has been so good for app state and they're a pretty young group for the most part. Um, And I, I just think those guys are making a really big impact right now on, on, you know, run games, getting to that second level or, or getting past that.
3: All right, Ethan, then we got one more question for you and then we'll close up here. We appreciate you giving us insight into app state. I guess, how do you see this game on Thursday, both teams on short rest, How do you see this game maybe shaking out um, score-wise and kind of who do you think is going to come out on top at the end?
4: You know, I think I'm just – I'm really intrigued to see this because you do have two teams and everything is going so well for them. Um, This was a big game for AF last year, Uh, you know, just because at the time they were coming off two straight losses to – UMass and uh, UL Monroe and Monroe was probably the worst game for the defense all year last year they just really struggled against them and the Georgia Southern game was kind of that way to get back and they were able to get bowl eligible last year with that game and you know as far as prediction I I don't know I think so much of, of trying to stop a Georgia Southern style offense is just you know, a defense staying on its keys and really just kind of staying committed to their man and making sure that they're controlling that guy when they can. Um, I don't know if I can give you a scoring prediction, but I definitely know that it's going to be a really good game. I think App's going to be a really tough team for this Georgia Southern defense to contend with. I guess we'll just see how it goes on Thursday. Well, that's a
3: veteran answer on your part, Ethan. (laughs) I can respect that. Well, again, we appreciate you joining us, man. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll see you on Thursday. And for Georgia Southern fans' sake, maybe, maybe App State will have to wait one more game to get ball
4: Thanks so much for having me on again. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Ethan.
2: Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Wesley Fields, touchdown, Georgia Southern.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh,
3: human remains that are left.
1: Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan from the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast